Grace and peace to you from our Lord Jesus Christ. I'll be proclaiming God's word today from the gospel reading, especially focusing in on verse 29 as it's printed on the front of your bulletin. The next day, he, that's John the Baptist, saw Jesus coming towards him and declared, Here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we hear your word to us today, be at work in us by the power of your Holy Spirit and lead us to the Lamb of God. And may he take away our sin this day. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. In 1978 and 79, there were large-scale strikes in England by the public sector, including the garbage collectors. You may have seen the very memorable photographs from that time, where on the sidewalks of London are piled up bags and bags of rubbish. I dare say we take our waste management systems in this country for granted. Because when the rubbish isn't collected, problems arise fairly quickly. It starts to smell. It attracts unwanted creatures. It can even spread disease. That we have regular trucks to take away our rubbish and deal with it is no small thing. Well, sin is like spiritual rubbish. It's an unavoidable part of life in this fallen world, both the sins we commit and those which are committed against us. Those ones, by the way, can cause just as much, if not more, damage in our lives. You don't want sin and its effects hanging around in your life. Sin needs to be, like rubbish, removed, taken away. So let me ask you today, Have you sinned? Have you been sinned against? Is it hanging around in your life like a bad smell? If so, listen to the testimony of John the Baptist. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Last week, We heard of the baptism of Jesus, as recorded in Matthew's Gospel. Today we move to a different scene around the same time, but in John's Gospel, still involving John the Baptist. One of the important things that is happening here is that John is pointing people away from himself to Jesus, specifically his own disciples. So notice, two of these men today are initially disciples of John the Baptist, but they end up becoming disciples of Jesus Christ. So one of the big themes in this text is the identity of Jesus. Who is he? And he's called by various titles in this one text. He's called Rabbi. He's called by John the Son of God. He's called later on the Messiah, the Christ. 
His identity is becoming clearer here, but among all of these, there's one other title which comes a bit more out of the blue. This one that isn't mentioned anywhere else in the Gospels. He's the Lamb of God. The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. What are we to make of this? Why a Lamb? What's the significance of speaking about Jesus in this way? Well, many things may come to mind. First, we might think of Abraham and Isaac. I wonder if that one came to mind for you. Abraham being tested and being asked to sacrifice his son, Isaac. Do you remember Isaac's question to Father Abraham? Isaac says, look, here's the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham's response was, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering. And of course, Abraham is stopped by the angel from sacrificing Isaac, and all of a sudden, there is a ram caught up in a bush, which was to be the sacrifice. Next, we may think of the Passover in Egypt, where all the Israelite families were to take a lamb without blemish, to sacrifice this lamb, to put some of the blood on their doorposts, a sign so that the angel of death would pass over them as God's judgment came on the Egyptians. Next, we might think of the regular worship at the temple, where every morning and every evening a lamb was sacrificed to the Lord. Next, we may even think, of the scapegoat, where once a year on the great day of atonement, Aaron the priest was to confess the sins of the people over the scapegoat, and this goat would bear the sins of the people and carry them away out into the wilderness. But finally, and I think this is perhaps most strongly behind John the Baptist's statement, is that wonderful prophecy of Isaiah that we hear every Good Friday about the suffering servant of the Lord who was promised to come. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth like a lamb that is led to the slaughter and like a sheep that before its shearers is silent. Yet he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. All of this is behind this statement of John the Baptist. All of the isolated instances and the ongoing practices and the unfulfilled promises, they're all in the background, sitting there as John testifies, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. A few weeks back, we hosted Christmas lunch at our place perhaps like some of you did this year, last year. And of course, in the weeks leading up to lunch, there was a bit to do around the house. I was trying to do a bit of a clean-up in the yard, get rid of bits of junk and rubbish we had lying around outside. A whole lot of pruning and weeding as well, trying to tidy up the garden. That was all fine, got through a bit. But then, of course, you're left with this big pile of stuff. I don't have a trailer I don't have a tow bar on my car. 
I happened to get a message from my dad around the same time who knew we were hosting Christmas lunch and just offered, he said, is there anything I can do to help? I said, well, since you asked, do you mind doing a trip to the dump for me? I've cleaned up all right, but can you come and help me take this stuff away? And he could, and he did. And it was quite a help, it's quite a relief, because you just don't want all that old stuff hanging around. You don't want sin hanging around either. It's why the testimony of John the Baptist is such good news. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Jesus is the Lamb of God. Which means first that he is the Lamb provided by God. God does not leave you to deal with your own sin on your own. He provides the means of dealing with it. Better yet, he provides the person to deal with it. Turns out Abraham was right in a much deeper way than he knew. God himself will provide the lamb. St. Paul picks up on this when he says, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not together with him graciously give us all things? He's the Lamb of God who takes away the sin. Right here in the first chapter of John's Gospel, we're already pointed forward to the end, to the death and resurrection of Jesus. That's where he takes away those sins. He goes to the cross to bear sin for you. He dies in our place, on our behalf. He takes the sin of the world on his shoulders to remove it. To remove it, as the psalmist says, as far as the east is from the west. And don't miss this little detail either. He's the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Not just of Israel. Not just of those who have earned it, of the world. Did you hear that wonderful verse in our Old Testament reading today? Where God said to his servant, It is too light a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob, to restore the survivors of Israel. I'll give you as a light to the nations, that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. The sin of the world. Now it's true that the benefits of Christ taking away of sin are not received without repentance and faith. God does not force this taking away of sin on anyone. But we dare not diminish the cosmic scope of what Christ does on the cross. He's the once for all sacrifice for sin, the sin of the whole world. So, what is it that's hanging around in your life? What spiritual rubbish needs taking away? Perhaps it's the result of your own sin, those habits that you just can't seem to break, that guilt or shame that feels as if it sort of sticks to you. You want that to be taken away. 
Or perhaps you struggle more with having been sinned against. You've been wronged. You've been hurt. And it's not so much guilt before God that is your spiritual battle, but it's anger, even bitterness. That's just as destructive. And maybe you've come to the point where you are able to forgive the person involved in some sense, but the memory won't fade. The damage is still there. You want that to be taken away. Well, let me be for you a little John the Baptist today and point you to the Lamb of God who is still taking away the sin of the world. And let me suggest a practical way, a practical little suggestion this morning of dealing with the effects of sin in our lives. We use these words of John the Baptist, of course, in our worship. Many of you would have been thinking about this already, twice, in fact, in the traditional service. The first one is in the Gloria. O Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sin of the world. Have mercy on us. Then again, before we receive Holy Communion, O Christ, Lamb of God, You take away the sin of the world, have mercy on us. There is a very important reason that our forebears in the faith crafted the liturgy in such a way that those words are right at the heart of our service. Can I encourage you, as we sing and pray those words in worship, don't let them pass by without considering what they mean for you personally. This is how the liturgy of the church is to work. We pray these public communal prayers like a great tapestry into which you can weave the thread of your own prayers, your personal requests of God. And so today, as we pray, sing the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world, have on your mind and your heart, have even on your lips, those sins, those situations which you personally want to be taken away. And as you approach the altar to receive the body and blood of Jesus, bring those sins, bring those situations. Bring that hurt, bring that damage. Even kneel down and mention it again quietly to God and let your Lord Jesus, the Lamb of God, take them away. And as he does, let him give you in return all the good things he has for you. Because as he takes away your sin, he wants to give you his life. As he takes away that hurt, he wants to give you salvation. As he takes it all away, he gives you peace. He gives you his Holy Spirit. Don't forget John the Baptist also said that the Lamb of God is the one who comes to baptize in the Holy Spirit. You don't want sin and its effects hanging around in your life. So give them to the Lamb of God. Let him take them away. 
when I go on holidays, there's usually a mental checklist I have and there's a couple of things I need to organise at home. One of them is someone to pick up the mail and the paper. Another one is to organise someone to take out the rubbish bin. Family with four children, if we miss just one week's rubbish, it can be a reasonably serious situation. If we attend so closely to the physical rubbish in our homes, how much more the spiritual rubbish of sin in our lives? So friends, hear once more the good news of John the Baptist's testimony. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. God grant it to us for Jesus' sake. Amen.